A common question I hear from parents is, what do I do when they have tantrums and meltdowns? That's today's topic, tantrums and meltdowns, and and how it is that we can identify which one they're having. (laughs) You must have thought they were the same thing. They're not. And when you understand which one you're dealing with, you will parent them differently. So join me in today's episode as we find out what are the differences and then how do we handle them so that we can help our child have better ways to handle their frustrations. But first, I shall read a review from Pete Nicer. He writes, The Language of Play slash Demolin Rosenbush and gives me five stars. He says, Episode 18 was fantastic. I always like to think I knew what made my children feel loved. I'm glad I listened to this podcast, and now I'm going to ask my children what makes them feel loved. Thank you, Dina Lynn. Well, you're welcome, Pete Nicer, and I hope that you have a tremendous surprise when you ask your kids of any age, at any time, what makes you feel loved? Because it's not what we expect, even when we know our children. In addition... Sometimes when our kids feel unloved, they act out, and tantrums and meltdowns can result. Even when we've done all kinds of things to show them our love, they have their own way of feeling our love. So let's get into it today. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly? instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling that you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I'm a mom, grandma, and speech language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you'll find solutions to get kids to listen better and build family connection to feel confident in managing difficult behaviors and help your kids build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. All right. The tantrum versus the meltdown. What is the difference? And why does it matter that we know the difference? Well, it matters because the cause of the tantrum and the cause of the meltdown is different. And therefore, we handle it different. So let's start where they're the same. We know that they are, they look alike. They are the same in that our children come unglued. Both the tantrum and the meltdown can have screaming, kicking, shouting, stomping, swearing, biting, whatever act out there is. Both of them, our child shows frustration. In both of them, there is a lack of skills and we are not understanding the whole picture, like what is going on, and they're not understanding the whole picture. Both of them signal a need. And this is where they start to separate. They look alike once the kids are in it. But the signaling a need is where we need to put our energy. So let's stop and think about those needs. Let's talk about the tantrum first. 
The tantrum happens when your child wants something. They have got a goal. They're driven by what it is that they want and they want your attention so that they can get their want or their desire fulfilled. They're looking for some sense of control because they want something. And when they get what they want, the behavior stops because they got it. They don't have to keep behaving in this tantrum way. That is how you know that it is a tantrum because their bad behavior will simply stop once they get what they're wanting. The child is aware that they are on a mission. Usually they want an audience because that's how they're going to get what it is that they want. They're frustrated, but they're able to communicate with you. If the audience is removed, the tantrum will often stop too because they have a mission to get something, to get what it is that they want. Now, sometimes it is love and hugs. Sometimes it is a cookie. Sometimes it is time to play outside. We know that there's lots of different things they might, that they're after at certain times. Sometimes it's to get out of something. But the point is, in a tantrum, your child is getting your attention to tell you that they want something. They are able to communicate it through that method. That's their method to talk to you. And when the audience is removed or they get what it is that they want, the tantrum simply stops. Now let's go on the flip side. Let's look at a meltdown. A meltdown is very different from this. The meltdown, your child does not have a goal. They are responding to that internal overstimulation and they are, like the word implies, melting down. They are losing their internal sense of control. They are having an overwhelming response to the internal loss of control. Children are unaware often that they are melting down until they completely are melted down. This can happen because they are hungry. This can happen, you know, when they're getting ill and we don't yet know they're getting ill. They're not responsive to you when you try to talk to them, they cannot process your language. That's very different from the tantrum because in a tantrum, you can communicate with your child through words, but in a meltdown, their brain is offline. They are not capable at this time of doing anything more. Now, the tricky thing is that if a child is in a tantrum long enough, it can switch over into a meltdown but it won't go the other way. We will see signs in our children when they are coming up to a meltdown. We might notice that our children are starting to be agitated. We might know of our children, they have had a lot of company. It's been, you know, a family celebration recently. I know we just came out of Easter and maybe they've had a lot of candy in their body and they've had lots of people in their home. They've interacted with lots of different people. And so they're ramped up. Those kind of situations are overload. It just simply makes our children overwhelmed. And they don't care if they're getting attention from you or not when they're melting down. Their behavior is an expelling of this overwhelm that is inside of them. And this can be very, very nerve-wracking in and of itself for our children. And they can become afraid of their own reactions. So in a tantrum, your child is in control of themselves still. They have a mission and they're trying to fulfill it, and they're trying to communicate to you through this tantrum. In a meltdown, they are no longer trying to communicate. They are overwhelmed. 
They have come unglued. They have no goal. They can't function. They can't listen anymore. In the tantrum, we still tell them yes is yes, no is no. We can still hold the fort and say, here's what's happening. And they, whether they like it or not. Once they reach meltdown, even if it comes through the tantrum because they were tantruming so long that they melted down, but when they're in a meltdown, they need someone to help them regain control of themselves. And that would be kindness, gentleness, and love to help them on the inside calm down. Note here, don't ever tell your kid, calm down. That doesn't work. If anybody says, calm down, you're ramping people up. It has the opposite effect. There's an element of pretense in it that doesn't respect the experience that the child is experiencing right now. So let's review. A tantrum is when the child has a want. They are driven by getting your attention and getting the thing that they want or the thing that they don't want. The tantrum will continue if they have attention. And if the attention goes away, so does the tantrum. Once they get what they want, the behavior typically ceases. It just stops. A meltdown, on the other hand, is when there's been an overstimulation, an overload, and your child simply is coming unglued. They are not able to handle themselves on the inside, and they're not handling themselves on the outside. And in that experience for them, their own reaction can be scary. And they are expressing a huge amount of frustration coming out. It's not directed at you. It is that overwhelm from the inside. Now, the tricky thing is that they both have similar features. They both can look alike. They both are frustrations by our children. They're both showing, acting out like the kicking, screaming, shouting, stomping, whatever. So they can look alike. The other thing that's tricky is that a child can indeed start in a tantrum and end up in a meltdown. The meltdown is exhausting. The meltdown is where your kids experience fear and they're going to need you to love on them and help them regain their composure. Help them meet the need that they don't quite know is there. Sometimes it can be sleep. It can be food. It can be any number of things. Maybe they just need you to give them a very tight bear hug. So I hope that this put light on the differences between a tantrum and a meltdown because understanding what the differences are can help you know how to parent them differently. And when you parent them according to what it is that their needs actually are, then you are able to give them the words and the language for what it is that they can do to help themselves in the future. So in that, ta in that tantrum, you can acknowledge, I know Johnny. You want to have a sucker right now. And I said, no candy. I understand you really, really want this. The answer is still no. And sometimes that's all there is. I know that I have seen teenagers go into tantrum mode when the parents have said, no, Johnny, you do not get the car keys tonight. And repeated, no, you don't get the car keys tonight. And you go into broken record and you say, no, you don't get the car keys tonight. And sometimes with a tantrum, that's you just let them. 
until they finally agree that you're the boss. With the meltdown, however, you come alongside your little one, or a bigger one, and you say, that was a lot, wasn't it? I love you. What can I do for you? I see it. You're hurting right now. And maybe all you're going to do is rub their back. And maybe you're going to give them space. But you're going to come in sensitive and soft and caring. Even though this has been exhausting for you, this is where it's really hard on your kids. And being a good parent in this situation is allowing them to work through it and being present for them when they are ready to reconnect with you. Because they will. And when they know you love them anyway, in spite of the behavior that they have had that they are sometimes very embarrassed by, that will increase your connection with them and they will build trust with you more. So two very, very different things that are difficult to tell apart. So I hope you've learned something new today. If you have, I would love an email, hello at thelanguageofplay.com. And if you would like further support, that's what I do. And I would love to join you in your parenting journey. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.